Take your Bible, please. Turn to Psalm 21 tonight. Psalm 21. Uh, here we find David uh, celebrating, Brother Ray, rejoicing uh, in the Lord's strength. In, in the Lord's strength. Are you thankful tonight for the Lord's strength? I'll kind of come back to one of the themes I, I kept sort of emphasizing this morning is gratitude, gratitude that will not experience tribulation. Uh, tonight, we can emphasize gratitude for God's strength. Mike, I'm thankful tonight for the Lord's strength because I need it. I don't have the strength uh, that I need apart from the Lord. Of course, none of us do, but as we yield to him and, and look to him, thankfully, uh, we, find, we find strength in him. Uh, for the battles, for the trials, for uh, service, for, for all that we need. Now, just want to kind of give you an overview of the structure. This is not a long psalm tonight. It's 13 verses, uh, 13 verses. Uh, it kind of begins and ends uh, with our response, uh, our right response to God's strength. So uh, as we see often in the psalms, you'll see, uh, one idea kind of bookending the psalm, the first verse and the last verse. Uh, we'll see tonight uh, our response. First verse, we'll see uh, David, uh, he, he found joy and, and he rejoiced in God's strength. So that being one response. In the end, we'll see David praising the Lord uh, for the strength that God exercises, exercises um, in, in our lives, in his life. Uh, kind of moving in from the end of the bookends, if you will, uh, there's David celebrating, Brother Ray, really how God employs his strength, or how, he, how he ministers using his strength. And uh, David will celebrate and rejoice that God employs his strength uh, to bless his people, to bless faithful people. And so uh, we'll, we'll see here tonight uh, reminders of God's blessings uh, and a and, uh, reminder that hey, God is able to bless. He has strength to bless uh, when he chooses to. And then David kind of flips that idea on its head or flips it around and says, we also have a God who is able to exercise his strength to humble his enemies, which there, there are enemies too, right? So uh, God exercises his strength to bless the righteous and to humble uh, to judge uh, the unrighteous, the, the enemies of God. Uh, and kind of all it, uh, working toward the appointing to, let me try that again, right in the middle, right in the middle of this structure, uh, we'll see this, we'll point this out along the way. We see um, the spiritual basis for the blessing that God uh, used. Uh, let me try that again, that, that God employed his strength with which to bless David. Uh, David will say, listen, I understand that um, the blessings that God exercises his strength to pour into my life, David understood that uh, for him that was largely the result of, or yeah, largely the result of his having chosen to trust the Lord. And Brother Ray Metchik will be reminded tonight that um, God blesses his people for lots of reasons, our, our obedience, um, our service, uh, our trust in him. So kind of from both ends of the structure of this psalm, it kind of points to that. Uh, blessings for having trusted the Lord um, and the idea that, hey, God has the strength, all of the strength that he needs uh, and more to pour blessings into our life uh, when he chooses to. And one of the occasions upon which he might choose to, as revealed by this psalm, is uh, our choice to trust him. Rich, is it always easy to trust the Lord? We struggle at times, don't we? We struggle. And I'll just remind us tonight, we do well to be honest about that when we're struggling to trust the Lord. Just take that to him, right? Lord, I'm struggling to trust you. And just be honest about that. He knows already. Confess that. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling to trust your promise. I'm struggling uh, to trust in your provision. Lord, I, I'm struggling to, uh, to, to look to you and find what I need to get through this trial, whatever it is. And just be honest about that. Confess that and ask the Lord to help you trust him. Uh, Rich, he's pleased to hear that prayer. 
Uh, and I know he's pleased to answer that prayer. I'm going to pray. We'll jump right in here. Psalm 21. Psalm 21. Brother Gary, you're just in time, sir. Psalm 21. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight for uh, how Scripture, uh, how the Bible, your words reveal your strength. Uh, Lord, I, I know tonight that uh, we're a people who, we're weak, Lord, but you're strong. Uh, Father, we're a people, whether we realize it or not, we need your strength. Lord, I thank you tonight that you're a God of unlimited strength. You're a God who is omnipotent, omnipotent. Lord, I pray tonight as we look at these few verses, Lord, that you'd encourage us that you're a God of unlimited strength, a God who employs your strength in a way that's consistent with all of your other attributes. Uh, Lord, thank you for that tonight. I pray, Lord, tonight that we get a hold of some of the ways that you employ your strength and that uh, we see David's response to that which is revealed, joying, uh, joy and rejoicing and singing and praising you. Lord, I pray tonight that we take up that example uh, as we meditate, as we consider your strength and how you employ it, that we would take up this response uh, given by you to David for us. Lord, help me tonight. I need your help, and I thank you for it. I pray, Lord, that you'll work here in these next few minutes for your honor, for your glory. Build us up, Lord, please, in your words tonight. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we jump in? Are we ready? Okay, Psalm 21, verse 1. Uh, the title says, To the Chief Musician, uh, a psalm or song of David. So we know, again, this is uh, a psalm or song that was intended to be uh, employed uh, in, in the public worship, uh, a psalm of David given to him by the Lord. Uh, David refers, this is kind of an interesting thing, David refers to himself in the third person most of the way through this psalm. Uh, he calls himself the king. Was he king? Yeah, he was, he was a king. Yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, he was king of Judah. He was a king who pictures Christ the king, the king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, so he, he, he refers to himself in the third person as uh, the king. You, you see that here. Uh, I believe he's talking about himself, uh, Dave, Lord me, David, the king that uh, you've anointed, that, that you've chosen. There's probably a picture here of Christ the king also. Uh, but literally, it's, it's David uh, celebrating and rejoicing and praising God for his strength and uh, acknowledging, revealing and acknowledging how God employs his strength. So uh, verse 1 again, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, he says, The king shall, what are the next four words, church? Shall what? Joy in thy strength. David says, uh, Lord, I, I, I choose to, uh, to joy. I, I choose to rejoice uh, in your strength. God, you're a God of great strength. And uh, he acknowledges, he understands that uh, part of his response to God's strength is to choose uh, to rejoice in that. The king shall, shall joy, there we go, uh, in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly uh, shall he rejoice. Gary, I understand tonight I'm reminded that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit who indwells us produces a, a joy uh, in us, a, a joyfulness, and in that we, we can rejoice. I uh, praise God for that. Uh, the Holy Spirit brings, at, brings that fruit forth in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, I think it's clear, as, particularly as we, as we yield to Him. Uh, let me ask you this tonight, though. That, that said... Uh, sometimes don't you just have to stop and choose to rejoice in the Lord? Church, you do, right? Uh, you know, we, we all struggle with uh, different uh, trials, tribulations, uh, different things that, that weigh us down, things that we're going through. Uh, and, and if we're not careful, we allow those things to weigh us down. Uh, we kind of turn in on ourselves. Our focus turns to our trials uh, and to ourselves. Our eyes come off the Lord and kind of settle down uh, and, and everything. That's what, sometimes you just have to choose. You have to choose to say, you know what? That's that's a sinful focus on self, and it's a sinful focus on uh, sort of lamenting all of my trials and, and all that's wrong. And 
I need to take my eyes off of that and put my eyes back on God and choose to rejoice in him. Uh, choose to joy and choose to rejoice, uh, acknowledging, hey, I have a strong God. He, he's a God who's strong enough to get me through this day, to get me through this trial, uh, to get me through whatever I'm going through. If you begin to meditate on, on that truth, well, you'll have something to rejoice about. And you've got to choose to do that. So I want to encourage us tonight to take up David's example here. Uh, he, he was a, a man, a king, who, who, who knew great trials throughout his life, uh, certainly throughout his reign as king. And uh, despite that, he could choose to focus his attention, his eyes upon the Lord uh, and God's strength that he, by the way, had God supplied uh, strength to David to get through those trials? Did he? But could David have gotten through those trials, some of those trials, uh, without strength? Lord, Gary, I don't know. You stop and think about all that he experienced with Saul, all that he experienced uh, with Absalom, the things that we saw uh, on, on Wednesday night. Who was the son that revolted or rebelled against dad on Wednesday night? Who did we see? Uh, who was it? Adonijah, that's right. Good job, Brother Richard. Adonijah, a man whose name is Lord Lord, right? But, uh, but, but who did rebel against his dad and try, very much like Absalom had before him, try to uh, gain control of the throne. And David just knew, he knew trial after trial. I understand many of those trials were his own fault. He was being chastened of the Lord and experiencing the practical consequences of his own choices, uh, but as he turned to God, he found strength to get through those trials. Gary, do you think God was using some of those trials not only to correct him, but to teach him to learn to look to the Lord and to learn to rely upon the Lord for the strength that he needed to get through life, to get, get home to the Lord? Uh, no doubt that's part of God's design uh, in the life of David and in our own life. Lord, help us to look to you for the strength that we need uh, and as we do to to know joy from you and to rejoice uh, in you and, and your strength so uh, our response to God's strength is seen here we'll revisit that in the last verse uh, verse 13 uh, and now we kind of move into the structure uh, David celebrates he, he rejoices Brother Ray, and a number of specific things, a number of specific ways that God had employed his strength in David's life. And boy, you know, can you look back or maybe even today, can, can you see God at work in your life today? Can you see that uh, God is giving you strength today to get through trials? Church, could, I'm not gonna call anybody, but, but can you think of a time or, or can you say that, I, boy, I look at my life right now, some of the things I'm going through, and I know it just would not be possible without strength from God. Could you, could you say that? Could you say that? Amen. Uh, amen. Da David could say that, and he's got, uh, he's got a number of different ways uh, that, that God has blessed him for looking to the Lord for strength and trusting in God along the way. He, he acknowledges that God has exercised his strength to bless David, uh, to bless David uh, for looking to the Lord. And there's a number of things here uh, that we'll see. It's, it's, it's not a real long list. So let, let's see the first thing he says. Uh, the first thing we see is Lord blessed David by answering his prayers. Get that down, take some notes. Uh, the Lord blessed, Lord exercised strength to bless David by answering David's prayers. Uh, Lord exercised strength to bless David by answering his prayers. That's a blessing. Uh, how much strength does it take to answer a prayer, by the way? I think that's a lot, right? Uh, to be able to hear our prayers, to be able to answer our prayers according to his will. Brother Ray, that, that's a strong God. That, that's a God who uh, is stronger than we can even comprehend. Uh, the Lord blessed David by answering his prayers. Look at verse 2. He says to the Lord, thou hast given him... His, he's talking about himself in the third person again. Don't misunderstand that. Uh, David is referring to himself in the third person. He's talking to God about what God has accomplished in David's life. He says, thou, Lord, you hast given him, uh, the king, his heart's desire 
and hath not withholden the request of his lips, Selah. Stop there, pause, meditate uh, upon that. David is acknowledging uh, the strength of God, a God who could hear his prayers and answer his prayers um, all throughout his life, all throughout his, uh, his time as king. David recognizes that's a strong God who can do that, uh, and that's a great blessing. That's a great blessing for a man who has chosen uh, to trust the Lord. Does the Lord hear your prayers, church? Does he? Does he answer them? Yeah, is it always the way we want? No, it's not, but often it is. Uh, often it is. I have marveled recently. I've said in the past, I always get angry at myself, Brother Gary, when I'm surprised that God answers a prayer because we shouldn't be surprised, right? He can and he does answer our prayers. He has the strength to do that. We shouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think my surprise uh, as I've grown up a little bit in the Lord has, has tur- it's turned, it's sort of matured more from surprise, Brother Ray, to just marveling at how awesome it is when God supernaturally answers a prayer and accomplishes something that could not otherwise have been accomplished. Do you have a list of those things? Do you have a list of those things? But you, you just prayed with faith. Uh, you just prayed with faith. God, I know if, if this is your will, Lord, you can accomplish this thing. And, and Lord, I believe this is your will, so I'm going to ask you for this thing. And if it's your will, I, I just pray that you would, you would accomplish this thing. And I've seen God, I've, I've seen God accomplish some of those things uh, in our church, uh, in my life. And boy, that, that ought to encourage us to just be that much more prayerful. Amen. God hears, God answers uh, he has the strength to do that, and boy, when he does, when, when you can see him answering a prayer, and you just know that, hey, that's a blessing. Is that a blessing? I believe it is. That's a great blessing. David seems to acknowledge that's a blessing. He has a God that has strength to bless him by answering his prayers. Second thing, uh, David acknowledged, he said the Lord blessed him by, it's kind of interesting, preparing his way with blessings of goodness. Let me read the verse talk about that. Lord blessed David by preparing his way with blessings of goodness. He says in verse 3, for thou preventest him, Lord you did this for me, uh, with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold uh, on his head. Let's talk about this. This is, a little, this is a relatively difficult verse. He says, for thou preventest him with blessings of goodness. Uh, that word preventest there, when we use the word prevent today or, or prevention, we, we're thinking about uh, stopping something from happening, right? You need to prevent this from happening. That's not the way this word is used here. Uh, 1611, the translators were uh, making this excellent translation of ours. Uh, they're, they're translating a word that has the idea of proceeding or going before uh, in, in using this word that was preventist, that was sort of had that sense uh, in 1611. He, David is saying, God, uh, you, you have gone before me. You, you, have, you have gone before me in life. You have preceded me on my path through this life. Uh, and and you, you've been a step ahead of me and, and have prepared my way through life with what? He says, with the blessings of goodness. Well, for example, what? He says, well, Lord, you, you've set a crown of pure gold upon my head. You've made me king. You saw fit to choose me uh, to be king, and uh, you went before me as I've made my way through life and prepared the way. You pre- No doubt he's He's thinking about God, how God prepared him uh, to step into the role of king. No doubt he's thinking about how lo- the Lord sort of orchestrated events of history, so- history sovereignly uh, to bring David onto the throne and to use David uh, as God chose. He's saying, Lord, you, you prevent us. You've preceded me. You've gone before me uh, and, and paved a way of blessings 
uh, so that as I arrived at the next step, there was a blessing from you. And as I arrived at the next step, there is a blessing from you. Uh, for example, you, you set me up as king when you chose to uh, on my path, on my course through this life. Uh, I believe that the Lord is re revealing here, this is exactly what he does uh, for his people. He's, uh, he's at work at every point in our life. Uh, he's, he's going before and preparing the way for us as we make uh, our way through this life. By the way, if that's true, and I believe it is true as it's revealed here, uh, does, that, does that help you to face the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year uh, with a little less fear and a little more confidence in the Lord? It should. Uh, it should. This is a fearful life or potentially fearful. There's there's many things out there that are dangerous and potentially harmful. Brother Ray, there's spiritual battles that, that can be great. There's all sorts of practical challenges uh, that we face in this world. But the Lord is with us at all times, uh, and he's going before us uh, to strike a, a path, to blaze a path, uh, to pave the way uh, to, to plan in blessings of his provision uh, along the way, making a way for us through this life. Uh, part of the challenge for us is to stay on the trail that he's blazed, amen? Uh, and Gary, where we miss out on the blessings sometimes is that we, we strike our own path. We, uh, we meander off the path that God has blazed for us and, and miss out on some of those blessings because of that. We choose to go our own way rather than his way. By the way, if that's where you are tonight, or if you ever find yourself off the path that God has blazed for your life, Brother Ray, what do you do? Uh, what, what can you do? You can confess that, right? Lord, I've, I've strayed off, or I've, I've brazenly chosen to step off of the path that you've blazed for me. Lord, I acknowledge that was prideful, that was that was me-centered. Lord, I'm, I'm going to just confess that and ask you to set me back on the path that you have uh, carved out or blazed for me uh, from here home to you. And just be very honest with the Lord about that. Say, Lord, put me back in the path of your blessings. As I yield to you again, bring me back into the path uh, of your blessings. And certainly David had been on and off that path and, and on and off that path at different points of his life. And uh, he acknowledges that as he yielded to God and stayed in the path that God had set out before him, God had just filled that path with, with blessings. He's a God who has strength to bless his people as we yield to him and, and stay on that path. Uh, making David king was a great blessing as he yielded to the Lord and, and God's plan. Have you known any great blessings in your own life? Do you know any great blessings in your own life tonight? Amen. You can make a list, right? Uh, and by the way, if you can't make a list, stop and think about that. Think about all the ways that God is blessing you tonight. You know, maybe you don't have an awful lot in terms of material things. Might you have blessings that are more valuable than material things tonight? Church? Amen. Church? Amen. You know, any spiritual blessing you have is, is greater and more precious and more valuable than any material thing that anyone has. We have our salvation. We have the hope uh, that, that is common to all believers. We have the Holy Spirit uh, who's indwelling us and who guides us, empowers us, strengthens us. Uh, the anointing, of, we, we, have some, we have the word of God uh, wonderfully accurately translated for us. Uh, we have a God who's intimately interested in our lives and present in our lives and, and who is giving us grace that is enough, no matter how big the trial. Uh, yeah, we have some blessings tonight. Uh, and, and David was David's just kind of taking account here. He's, uh, he's counting the blessings in his life in the context of praising God for his strength. Yeah, we have a God who's strong enough to, to build in, to bring in these blessings into our life uh, as his people. Uh, number three, David blesses the Lord for exercising strength to preserve his life. Uh, to preserve his life is number three. Uh, number three, he, uh, number verse four, verse four, uh, he asked life of thee, the king, David, uh, asked life of thee, Lord, and thou gavest it him even length of days uh, forever and ever. 
there were times, oh, we've already mentioned tonight, where David's life was threatened uh, many times. Uh, he, he would pray and, and, and seek God, and, and, and God would deliver him. And uh, sure enough, God has blessed him by preserving his life. Uh, I wonder how many of us tonight could say the same thing. Boy, we look back over our lives and some decisions, not, not that any of us, of us have multiple lives. We look back over our life uh, and say, God, you know, I, I could just see, I'm not sure that I should be alive even today, or I, I'm sure that I shouldn't be. You know, the, some of the choices I've made, but Lord, you have seen fit to graciously bless me by preserving my life despite my own stupid mistakes. Can you say that tonight? You praise God for that? Uh, if you can't, you haven't been stupid like that, praise God. Praise God. But if you have, you just say, Lord, thank you. Uh, I've made decisions that, that could have taken my life, but you have seen fit to be gracious uh, and to preserve my life. David said the Lord had given him length of days, and he had, when we meet David in uh, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday night, 1 Kings chapter 1, he's old. Uh, he, he's gotten to a very ripe old age, and uh, God gave him uh, length of days, many years. Uh, he says length of days forever and ever. That's very interesting, uh, forever and ever. Uh, Rich, I think there's significance to those words. I don't think it's a mistake or that the Holy Spirit put them there casually. David said he asked the Lord for life, and the Lord gave it to him, even length of days. Uh, and then he adds forever uh, and ever. Do you think it's possible tonight that David recognized that he knew eternal life because of his trust in the Lord? Do you think that might just be possible? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's possible. I think David recognizes that his Lord had strength to preserve his life, even when the odds were very definitely against that, um, and that his Lord, in whom he placed all kinds of trust, uh, had strength to grant to him, to give him uh, eternal life, and to preserve that eternally. Uh, in Psalm 13 and verse 3, David prayed, he prayed to the Lord, Brother Gary, consider and hear me, O Lord my God, lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. He understood that, hey, without God's intervention, he very likely would not survive certain things. Uh, in Psalm 119, verse 175, we don't know for sure David is the penman. He probably is. He prayed, let my soul live and it shall praise thee and let thy judgments uh, help thee. David had been in the business of looking to God and trusting in the Lord to preserve his life, uh, practically this side of heaven, but also to trust the Lord for uh, eternal life. We'll come back to that idea in just a minute. Uh, the fourth thing, uh, David, he exalts the Lord. He, uh, he praises the Lord for the Lord's strength to bless him. Uh, number four, with royal honor and majesty. Uh, language from verse 5, with royal honor and majesty. Verse 5, he says, his glory is great. He's talking about himself. He says, he has known a glory from the Lord in his own, that is great uh, in thy salvation, Lord, in your salvation. He says, honor and majesty, he's talking to the Lord, hast thou, Lord, laid uh, upon me. Uh, back in verse 3, he acknowledges that the Lord put a crown on his head. The Lord made him king. God alone had strength to uh, sovereignly choose him and strength to bring his choice to pass uh, in history. Uh, and having done that, the Lord crowned him uh, with honor and with majesty. Uh, and David acknowledges that the honor and majesty that was present in his life. It was, it was from the Lord. He had no honor apart from the Lord. He had no majesty apart from the Lord. This was uh, God putting him in the place that God chose to, uh, and, and then God pouring in the things that, that would characterize David's uh, rule and reign, including this wonderful honor and majesty. Certainly, he didn't deserve that um, as an imperfect, sinful man, but uh, God crowned him with these traits, with these characteristics, and 
Of course, we acknowledge and, and recognize that David is a picture. He's a literal historical picture, but also figure, but also a picture of Christ, uh, who is crowned with a far more perfect and glorious honor and majesty. Uh, the fifth thing, David uh, praises the Lord for blessing him, exercising his strength uh, to bless David with. You see this in verse 6, eternal blessings and exceeding gladness. Eternal blessings and exceeding gladness. See verse 6 with me, please. David writes, he prays to the Lord. Uh, Lord, thou hast made him, the king, me, uh, most blessed for how long, church? Forever. Uh, forever. Uh, language that we saw at the end of verse 4, forever and ever. Verse 6, for thou hast made him, the king, me, David, most blessed forever. Thou hast also, thou hast made him, I added the also, sorry, exceeding glad with thy uh, countenance. So just as, as David acknowledged that the Lord uh, had granted him eternal life, I believe that's the idea at the end of verse Four, uh, he acknowledges that the blessings that he knows as a man who has placed his trust in the Lord, see that in verse 7 in a moment, um, they're eternal blessings. Uh, now stop and think for a second. How is it that God is able to grant eternal life and an eternal life that will be filled eternally with blessings from the Lord? Uh, I want you to consider that. I'm calling a couple of guys. What would be required of God? What traits or characteristics or attributes would God require in order to be able to grant eternal life and to be able to continue blessing a man throughout eternity? What would that require God to be like? What would that require God to be like? Any thoughts? Nothing is impossible with him, that's for sure. That's for sure. Anything else? Any thoughts? Andrew? He'd have to be eternal himself. That's the first thing I think of. Your thought is good, too. <laughs> yeah, he himself would have to be eternal. Uh, if, if he's granting eternal life and, and, and maintaining eternal life and, uh, and continues to be involved in granting blessings, uh, throughout eternity, it must be he's eternal. Uh, he has strength uh, and must be it's eternal, the eternal strength of an eternal God who will continue to be present throughout eternity uh, future just as he has been present throughout uh, eternity past. And, uh, think about, uh, do we have some verses that, that bring this out? Uh, let me give you a couple references here quickly. Psalm 72 and verse 17. Write that down, please. Psalm 72 uh, and verse 17. The psalmist is writing of Christ, uh, his Messiah. He says, his name shall endure forever, forever. Uh, his name shall be continued as long as the sun, uh, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call uh, him blessed. That's another verse that uh, relates the eternality of the Lord with his ability to eternally bless his people. Uh, we have a number of verses in scripture that, that relate these ideas. The eternality of God uh, is the reason why he's able to bless us um, eternally. Uh, Daniel 7 and verse 14, write that down, please. Daniel 7 and verse 14, Daniel writes of the Lord, there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Uh, we have a savior, we have a God who is eternal, and who is unchanging, and who is omnipotent, unlimited strength, and who is therefore able to bless us throughout all of eternity. Just stop and think about that for a moment. Uh, we'll know the blessings of the millennium, but that's just the first thousand years. And not to minimize that, but that's just the first thousand years. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth to follow. Uh, and, and blessings throughout all of eternity. 
Do we have a great hope? Do we have a great hope? Yeah, yeah. How many blessings and, and for how long does it, does it take before the suffering and struggles of this life start to feel very small in the scope of eternity? Um, they're going to start to feel very small. Now, they're not small in the sense of their worth and value. If, if you have great big trials in your life today, there's the possibility of leaps uh, in, our, in our growth. We can, we can have great leaps of growth and, and maturity uh, in the face of great trials. We don't bemoan great trials. We thank the Lord for them and ask him to grow us in them and through them. So there's a great value in them. But Gary, I, I think we'll get to a point in eternity where those things are going to start to feel very small compared to the enormous blessings that we'll know from Christ all throughout a very long, never-ending uh, eternity. We have great hope. We have great hope. Um, i give you one more verse. It's one that we've looked at a lot recently. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, right? Uh, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, in the millennium it will be, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting, the Everlasting Father. Isn't it interesting there uh, in Isaiah 9, 6 that the Lord couples this idea of his strength or his might with his eternality. Uh, he's, he's mighty, he's the mighty God, He's the everlasting Father. Brother Ray, he has strength and he has eternality. Those, those things will not change. And it's on that basis that God is able to bless us throughout eternity. Do we deserve that? No, there's grace. There's grace mixed into that formula also. He's also called the Prince of Peace. And then verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. He's eternal. He's eternal. Uh, he has an eternal program of blessings uh, in store for his people. Not deserved. We don't deserve it, but there'll be a whole bunch of grace, a whole bunch of grace uh, in that formula. Uh, I mentioned in the introduction, and we'll see it here, kind of right here in the middle of this psalm. Everything seems to kind of drive to verse 7 from the beginning and from the end back to the middle here. The basis of all of this, the spiritual basis uh, of all of this is David's trust in the Lord. And that's, that's emphasized in the structure. Right here in the middle, it's kind of like the Lord is, is highlighting this and, and underlying it for the king. Verse 7, trusteth in the Lord. Why is all of this? Why, how is this possible? Well, the answer, it's because for the king, David, trusteth started trusting and kept trusting in the Lord. And through the mercy of the Most High, uh, he shall not be moved. You know, he'll not be shaken. He'll not be shaken off course. Uh, why? It's a blessing from the Lord that is rooted in his trust in the Lord. Um, have you trusted in the Lord for your salvation? Church, amen, amen. Lord, help us to trust in you for everything else that we need as well. Brother A, it does not make sense to trust the Lord with our eternity and then to not trust him with the practical things that we deal with this side of heaven. If we've trusted him with our eternity, which by the way is for how long? Forever. Lord, help us just to recognize it. it, it it just makes sense that we would trust you with every little thing or big thing that we deal with, that we struggle with, that we wrestle with this side of eternity. Lord, help us. The king trusted in the Lord. That's the basis for um, all these blessings. And uh, the bless, one of those blessings um, that we see here at the end of verse 7, he says, I, I shall not be moved. Uh, I'll not be shaken. Uh, I know I'll face trials. I, I know that for sure, but, but I'll not be moved. Um, I'll not be shaken. 
Uh, David says uh, in verse, forgive me, in Psalm 16 and verse 8, he said, I've set the Lord, I think we saw this recently, I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I'll not be shaken. I'll not be moved. I'm, I've trusted the Lord. I, I've set my eyes upon him. I will not be moved off of that. He's trusting God to be there and to keep him exactly where uh, he needs to be. Uh, let's look at the next section just quickly. We'll, we'll go a little faster here. Um, so this first section in kind of the middle here is David celebrating uh, the Lord's use of his strength to pour blessings into his life presently and eternally based on the fact that he has trusted in the Lord. Uh, and then he, he just um, compares that to... Um, the consequence or absence of blessing for those who, who have not trusted the Lord. Uh, just as God has strength to bless his people who have trusted him, uh, he has strength to humble those who have refused him, those who are his enemies. He has strength to deal with them. And uh, of course, in, um, in our Isaiah study in Sunday School Hour, uh, we're, we're seeing prophecies of God dealing with his enemies in history. Uh, and we'll, we'll just see prophecy of enemy after enemy uh, being humbled, being destroyed by the Lord. Uh, and as we, as we get to them, we'll, we'll continue to review how, sure enough, history uh, testifies to the fact that those prophecies given well ahead of time uh, were brought to pass uh, by the Lord. And uh, so here's uh, sort of a parallel idea or principle. God knows his enemies. He knows who they are. He has the strength to know that. He has the omniscience uh, to know who his enemies are and the omnipotence, the strength uh, to deal with them, and he will. Uh, verse 8, he says to the Lord, thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand, the strong hand, right? That's the idea. The, uh, thy right hand, the strong hand, shall find out those that hate thee. Nothing will be kept from the Lord. He knows who's on his side and who is to be blessed, and he knows who's against him and who's to be judged and, and to, dealt, to be dealt with under his wrath. Verse 9, he continues. I'll just read the next several verses. He says to the Lord, thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. Uh, the Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath the fire shall devour them. I'm, that's poetic language, but it probably points ahead to hell uh, and to the lake of fire, as we saw in the 11 o'clock hour today. Verse 10, their fruit shall thou destroy from the earth and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device or plan which they are not able to perform. Uh, verse 12, therefore shalt thou make them turn their back when they shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Lord, you know who your enemies are. You have strength to know that, and you have strength to deal with them uh, ultimately once and for all. Uh, he's celebrating that. Just as God has strength to bless those that trust him, he has strength to humble, to judge, to deal with ultimately, permanently, once and for all, those that oppose him, uh, his plan, uh, his offer of salvation. We have strong God. We have strong God. Um, David closes in verse 13, uh, the bookend, coming back to um, how do we respond to this? What do we do with this? Uh, he opened the psalm, running under inspiration, uh, by saying, hey, God is strong, uh, what? There ought to be joy as we meditate on that, and there ought to be rejoicing uh, as we consider that. And he adds to that idea now at the close. So two bookends that, that uh, underscore similar ideas. Verse 13, he says this, we're done. Uh, be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. Uh, Lord, be, <laughs> you, you deserve to be exalted because of your strength. Uh, lifted up uh, and, and praised and, and, and to be made known. Be thou exalted, Lord, in, in thy own strength, Lord, your strength, or because of your own strength. Uh, what's our response to, to his strength and his worthiness of, of exaltation? Well, being exalted is, is our right response. David says, so will we sing 
and praise thy power. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, inside of me, back in verse 1, I'm going I'm to joy and rejoice as I consider your strength. And as I meditate on your strength to bring forth blessings in my life because I have trusted in you. And as I meditate upon your strength to deal with those who have not trusted you, uh, God, I'm, I'm just going to sing about you and, and I'm going to praise you. I'm going to joy and rejoice. Uh, and in that, uh, I'm going to let that joy and rejoicing inside of me kind of bubble up and come out into audible praise of you, Lord. Do we have a God tonight who is worthy of exaltation? Do we have a Lord tonight who is worthy of being praised? Uh, we absolutely do. Is one of the ways that he desires to be praised uh, in song? Uh, has he asked us, has he, well, has he commanded us uh, to worship him in song, to praise him in song, to make him known uh, a multitude of different ways, but one in, in song, yes, he has. We think of verses like Colossians 3.16, other verses throughout scripture. He desires that we praise him uh, and including um, in song. Let me just share a few cross-references very quickly, uh, and we're done. Uh, write down a few references, please. Psalm 18 and verse 46. These are good. These are worth it. Uh, Psalm 18 and verse 46. The psalmist says, the Lord liveth. Amen. Uh, and blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be what? Be exalted. Uh, Lord, give me a heart to exalt you. Uh, to praise you in my personal prayer life, in my personal worship, in my corporate worship, uh, in my outreach to the lost, in my fellowship with other believers. Give me a heart to exalt you and to praise you. Psalm 46 and verse 10. Psalm 46, 10. The psalmist says, be still, it's the Lord speaking, be still and know that I am God. That's good counsel, by the way. You get worked up. You get concerned. Uh, you let your anxieties carry you away. You remember God's command. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Lord, help me get a hold of that verse and not let go of it. Two more. Psalm 57 and verse 5. Psalm 57 verse 5. Psalm says, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Next verse says, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. One last verse I want you to just note quickly tonight. First Chronicles 29 and verse 11. First Chronicles 29 Verse 11, about a year from now, we'll be making our way, Lord willing, into First and Second Chronicles in our Wednesday night Bible study. But uh, here's a good preview, First Chronicles 29, 11. Bible says, thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Uh, is that a God tonight who's worthy of praise? Is that a God tonight who is able to work in every trial that we face? Is he? Is he? He is. Uh, are we able with strength from him to be still in the face of great trials, to choose to be still to settle our hearts and know that he is God. Lord, help us to be still uh, and know that you are God. And Lord, help us in that to um, exalt you. We're not going to sing Be Thou Exalted tonight, but it's familiar to you, right? Uh, who wrote that great hymn? Be Thou It's Fanny Crosby, right? She wrote Be Thou Exalted Forever and Ever, God of Eternity, the Ancient of Days, Wondrous in majesty, so mighty in wisdom, perfect in holiness, and worthy of praise. Be thou exalted by seraphs and angels. Be thou exalted with harp and with song. 
Saints in their anthems of rapture adore thee. Thine be the glory forever. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we have a good God who is worthy of praise uh, and worship. I'm going to close this in prayer. And um, Brother Garcia will come and, and lead us in a closing, closing song. A closing song. Um, let's exalt him with praise in song uh, as we close tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for being the God that you are. Lord, thank you for revealing to us, reminding us tonight of your strength. Lord, I pray tonight that you help us, despite our trials, to joy and rejoice at your strength and to praise you tonight for your strength. Lord, in the midst of our trials, help us to be reminded by them that you're a God who is able and willing and who has promised to be present in our trials to be our strength in our trials, to give us grace that is sufficient for any trial that we face. Lord, I, I pray tonight if we've allowed anxiety to rule in our hearts, choosing to focus on the severity of the trial rather than the strength of our God, I pray, Lord, tonight you give us a heart to confess that, just to agree with you. Lord, I've I've allowed myself to be controlled and suffer the consequences of fear and anxiety rather than yielding to you and meditating on your strength and trusting you. Lord, I ask you tonight to help me put off fear and anxiety and to put on trusting you, bringing all of my cares to you with thanksgiving, trusting you for peace and trusting you to work in every practical trial. I'll give you a moment to pray. Brother Garcia will come and we'll sing, we'll praise him, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, I pray tonight that you help us to confess anything that you convict us of tonight. Lord, if there's fearful things, anxiety-provoking trials, challenges that we've not brought to you in prayer, I pray you help us confess that and, and to bring those things to you even now. Lord, I pray you fill our hearts with gratitude that we can and with gratitude that we have a God who is strong enough for every trial that we face. Lord, help us to place our trust in you tonight, to bring each trial to you, and to be thankful that we can. As we do, Father, I pray that you bless us, that you bless us with peace, confidence in you. A calmness that would bring you honor and praise and glory. Lord, I love you tonight. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name.